Good morning, everyone. Have you ever been in that kind of moment before where you are in a place where you need a miracle for somebody else? Maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe uh, one of your buddies, maybe someone far away. I don't, I don't know. But th- there's this moments in our life where sometimes it's easier for us to control and, and to deal with the burden when it affects us directly, when it's something for us to carry. But what do you do when you're in a place in life where you need to carry the burden and you need to pray for the healing or the, the restoration or the help of another person? I think what we're going to see this morning as we jump into this story in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, I, I want to catch us up from where we were last week. Last week, we talked through the miraculous healing of a woman with bleeding who had been bleeding and hemorrhaging for 12 years. That story is found right in the middle of the story that we find ourselves in today. It's kind of like the Bible takes this quick turn of events, and in the middle of the story that we'll be studying today, Jesus heals miraculously a woman who has been bleeding for years. And I don't know about you, but I've always struggled with the fact that sometimes we need to pray for the miracle for someone else. Like any parent in here knows, like when your kids get sick, you, you ask God, if I could just have the, the fever and not them, just give it to me. I, I can handle that and, and please take it away from them. But here's the reality of what we realize at the beginning of today's message. And it's this, tragedy knows no strangers. All of us face tragedy, tragedy in our life whether it's personal or it's for someone that we know and we love. Now we're going to open up in Luke chapter 8, starting here in verse 40. And I want you to see what the Bible has to say to us. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him. Jesus has done a ton of ministry. He comes back into this town and people are excited to see him. They were all expecting to see him. Then a man named Jairus, everyone say Jairus. This is important. Because Jairus' name is the only name mentioned in the story. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, the woman who's dealing with bleeding, the Bible just says the woman who's dealing with bleeding. Just refers to as that. And then Jesus later calls her daughter. Jairus' name is the only name mentioned in this story other than Jesus. Now, who's Jairus? Jairus was a synagogue leader, and he came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come and visit his house. Because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. If you were with us last week, you know we talked about the woman with bleeding had suffered with this ailment for 12 years. And so the Bible here, Luke and the other authors, are connecting the two stories. What is being said here is, look, what Jesus is about to do is not this one-off miracle. Jesus has a better story to tell us. Now, Jairus is a really interesting person. He was an official, a synagogue leader. What was his, what would his job be? He basically ran the entire synagogue. He would plan services. He would plan who would speak. And in this culture, he would be a person of extreme prominence. He was a, a person of stature and he was serving God. And what we see in this story is the fact that Jesus, in tragedy, not only struck a woman who had no stature whatsoever in the culture, but now it also hits the home of one of the most important people in the city. 
And sometimes we kind of feel like that. Like, man, God has his important people in life that nothing goes wrong. And then there's just the rest of us. And tragedy strikes us and all of these things happen to us. And it seems imbalanced. But here's the reality. When you take away paychecks and prominence and titles and positions, we all face the same things in life. Right? We, we all face these moments. And let me tell you, sin and death and sickness affects everyone equally. And that's what the Bible is going to be saying here. It kind of gets rid of this idea that if you're in a high place and you're in this prominent place that nothing will affect you. Jairus' daughter is sick. She's dying, in fact. Now, what's really important about this passage is this. Jairus' name. Jairus is a word that means to enlighten or to give light. Now, I think the authors of the Bible were inspired by God to include Jairus' name because here's what the original hearers would have heard. God's about to do something that's going to blow your mind. God is about to do something in this story, and he's going to enlighten, like he's going to turn on the light in your mind to see what God can really do. Does anyone in here need that today? Do you need to see and believe that God can do something that you couldn't imagine? That you need an epiphany. You need a divine epiphany. And that's exactly what the people needed in this time. Because let me just be honest with you. Jesus has healed people. And healings happened from time to time. And these miraculous things would happen. But in this story, we're going to see God do something much more than heal someone. We're going to do, see him do something that is so incredible, not only for this person, but in preparation for what is to come in his ministry. That Jesus has the power of life and death. And this has never happened before to have people resurrected from the dead. See, many times in our, in our life, we find our place where we can handle all of these tragedies for ourselves, but we feel so out of control when it's someone else that we love. Even right now as a church, we need to be praying for a young family in our church right now. They had a, a little girl and she's in the NICU right now. And uh, her lungs need to develop a little bit more and she needs to, to find some progress and she is making progress, but I can only imagine, and some of you can imagine, because you've been there, that your newborn baby is in the NICU and you can't bring the baby home. That sometimes those weights and those tragedies and those moments feel so unbearable. And so who's a person in your life that you need a miracle for? That you need God to do something for them? And you've been hoping and you've been praying and you've been asking and you've tried all of these different things, but it only seems to get worse. It seems to not be able to move forward and get better. As we enter this next scene, we see that tragedy knows no strangers. And we're going to see that not only is Jairus' daughter sick, it's becoming hopeless. Like the door of the ability for things to get better is closing and Jairus and his wife and this doctor see that. Like it's, it doesn't look like it's going to get better. It doesn't look like there's anything that can be done. Do you feel that way right now in your life? 
with that person, whoever it is. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a friend or just someone that you know that is suffering so greatly and you are in the midst of this moment of suffering with them, but it seems like hope is closing. As we check out this next scene, I want you to see what God does and how Jairus begins to respond to the tragedy. Check it out. Like in your life where it feels like and seems like the door's closing. It feels like you're in this point where you're believing and you're trying to hope for someone else, but it really feels like it's beyond you at this point. Right, like even Jairus, the doctor, says to her, look, like her, your, her heart is getting weaker. There, there's really nothing I can do at this point. And for the parents in the room, like you know, like the devastation of news like that. You know that it feels like and it, and it seems like you, you can't get through this moment. We see like even in the story, not, not only does tragedy know no strangers, but that it can get beyond the point where you can respond. It can get beyond the point where life is getting out of control. Look at what the Bible says here because I want you to see what happens here. Now, when a crowd returned and the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, which would open the eyes of those who are listening and go, okay, God, God is going to do something different here. A synagogue leader came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. We see in the story previous to this, in the middle of this story, that the woman who was healed, she falls at Jesus' feet when she's healed because of the miracle she's experienced. Jairus falls at the feet of Jesus because of the miracle that he needs. This is a moment for him of desperation. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to get beyond this moment, and he is willing to try anything else. And so he's heard about Jesus. He's heard about what Jesus has done for other people. And he gets in this place and goes, the last thing, the only thing that I have left in this world is to go to him. See, because so many of us, when, when things get hard, especially for others, we do everything that we can. Right? We go to the doctors. We see multiple doctors. We, we, we go to the specialist. We go to the finance guy. We, we go to the counselor. We do everything in our power for this other person in our life to see a miracle. But are you at the place where this is beyond you? Beyond what you think is possible. Beyond things getting well. When the doctor says to you, there's nothing I can do for her. You need to prepare for the inevitable. Do you feel like that in your life right now? Do you feel like you just need to prepare for the inevitable? You just need to kind of consign yourself today to the tragedy that seems to be coming. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing more that we can do. There's, there's nothing left. Today, what we find ourselves in is, is this story is as Jairus runs to Jesus and he's making a big request of faith here. Could you please come to my house? I know that you can heal her. In fact, others say, if you just lay hands on her, I know that she'll be well. Are you there in your life with this person? 
with that restoration of that relationship. Maybe someone you know is suffering with mental illness or has a diagnosis that the doctors are saying there is no time left. There seems to be nothing that we can do. And it's killing you. Because honestly, if this was me, I could handle the weight I feel like. But it's not me. And it's this person that I love and that I care for and that I so want to see God doing something in their life. Is there anything left? And so what happens here in the story is Jairus now is going to come and he's going to interrupt Jesus in a meeting. Anybody ever get there where all of like the social norms and etiquette go out the window because you're so desperate? You don't really care what should be said. You say what has to be said. You just like, whatever it takes, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that this person gets what they need. Are you there? Are you there in your life for this person? Are you desperate to see them saved or rescued or healed or whatever it may be? You're, You're desperate to see it. In this next clip, what we're going to see is Jairus is in that kind of moment. He finds one of the teachers. They go and find where Jesus is, and they interrupt this meeting that Jesus is having. Because sometimes we build up these moments where faith is something that we have to be so strong to have, but sometimes faith is the only thing that we have left. Does that make sense? Like sometimes we build up these giants of the faith and go, man, your faith is so big. Your faith is so incredible. You're like this all of the time. No, your faith can take leaps and bounds when you're facing tragedy for yourself and especially for others. Because God in this moment has a way of accelerating you to this point where you go, you're all I got. I've tried everything else. This is beyond me at this point. What happens to a lot of us as well is because faith like that becomes a last resort for a lot of us. And some of us in this room are afraid to start asking because what if it doesn't work? What if like that's, that's the last straw? Anyone ever been in anything here? Like you've tried everything, but the one last thing and you hold off on the one last thing because what if that doesn't work? Jairus is beyond that. This is it. This is all he's got left for his daughter. This is all that he's got left for his only child. And so he walks into this moment with the kind of faith that is there because nothing else is left for him. Are you there? Have you held back in your life? Because you just don't want the one thing that could work possibly not to work. Because then what do you do? And so let's see how Jairus begins to make this request to Jesus and how he comes in to meet Christ. Check it out. Have you hit the end of your rope? That's what happens to Jairus here. He's hit the end of his rope. He's at this point where there's nothing left that he is in this moment of I am willing to try the one thing because the situation is so desperate for them that I am willing to put it all out there. I'm willing to put everything on the line. Are you there with the people who are suffering in your life? 
But you have to have faith for them. You have to do something for them because you've hit the end of your rope. It's beyond you. There's, there's nothing left. And now you have nothing left to lose, right? Because she is actively dying right now. And it can feel like that, like with so many other things. It doesn't have to be physical death for someone. Maybe someone you know has been so given over to addiction, it feels like they're dying. Or they're so emotionally shut down, or they're so mentally in so much turmoil, or the relationship seems so unrepairable, like this is impossible. And if God doesn't do something for them, then you see the end coming. You see the end of the line. You see that there's nothing left. Are you desperate enough today to get to Jesus? See, Jairus here in this moment, the the fact that he comes to see Jesus is a declaration of faith. Even in the text, when Jairus kneels down at Jesus' feet in desperation, it is an act of faith. He brings his request to him. And even just the reputation of Jesus, not even fully understanding that Jesus is God, but that he's a great healer and teacher. Could he do something because I have nothing left? I've prayed. We've prayed. We've done all of these things. We've seen the doctors and there is no hope. But are you in a place in here where the stories of others' healings, the story of other relationships being restored, this, the hearing of stories of people who are far away coming home, do you need to hear those stories today just like Jairus needed to hear the stories of healings from other people? And that maybe today, like if God did it for them, why could he not do it for them? Here's the better question. Are you willing right now to stand in the gap for that person? Right, because like for some of us, we're even in this room, like you don't even know where they are spiritually. You don't know where they are in their life. You don't know where they are in their relationship with God. And it just feels like it is too much. But did you notice what Jairus said in that clip? I know you. I know you. At least as much as I can. I know that you are a healer. But what Jairus is going to discover in just a second is he doesn't need a healer. He needs a rescuer. He needs a savior. He needs someone who has the keys over life and death. Jairus' need is about to grow exponentially. Because some of us are in the room and it's like, well, healing is still possible. Healing is still possible. But the news that Jairus is about to get seems crazy. So Jesus leaves with Jairus to go to the house. And then we enter the story of last week. As Jesus is leaving, all of these crowds come in and then Jesus stops because this lady touched his cloak and, he, and she gets healed and he stops the crowd. And all of us look at this moment and go, man, look at Jesus. He's interruptible. Jesus can stop and heal this woman. And she didn't even have to ask. She just touched his cloak and because of her faith, she's healed. But now move yourself away from the woman in that moment and go to Jairus. Why are we stopping? Oh, you healed her? Lady, that's so great for you. We got something really important right now. 
Do you ever feel like that in your story as you're praying for somebody else in your life when you need faith for somebody else in your life? And you're like, Jesus, why are you stopping and healing all these other people? I mean, that's great. And I'm not here to like complain, but come on. They're dying. The door is shutting. The hope that we could have, the moment that we can have, it's closing. We're getting into the realm of impossibility, Jesus. Could you not stop? Go back and talk to them later, right? If I was Jairus, I'd be like, hey, Jesus, we're like, we're a couple blocks away. Could, what's your name, lady? Okay, can we come find you later? But remember, his name is Jairus, and God's going to open his mind. God's going to do something new. He's going to enlighten everyone. Because, man, it's great. It's great and incredible that God can heal sick people. It's incredible, and I believe he does it today. But to bring dead people back to life? Whoa. That's impossible. But do you feel like in this moment and in your life with those who are suffering, that it just... It, it doesn't feel like God is moving fast enough. Like in your time frame, in your, in your moment, like right now, you need God to move faster for them. This scene, like I, I need you to stop stopping, stop healing other people, stop being interrupted. I need you to be with me for them. I need you to stop doing this. I need you to be here. Because I don't know about you, but it, does anyone get like tension and worry because you're thinking all about only the worst thing that could happen? And you're like, let's, we got to go. And the worst thing that could happen does. We, we get through the story of the healing of this woman. Jesus stops and he talks to her. He invests in her life because he just doesn't want to just heal her body. He wants to heal her soul, right? We talked about this last week. The last time that the word healed is used in the gospel of Mark means not just physical healing. It means that she was saved. Sozo. She's saved. Not just healed. She's, she's not just a, a broken person that Jesus put some glue on. Okay, let's just heal that up. She's now a new creation in Christ in that moment. And I don't know about you, but I'd be like, that's great. We got to go. Oh, so awesome. Let's go. My daughter. And then Luke chapter 8, verse 49, right at the end of this miraculous story happens. Listen to what it says. While Jesus was still speaking, he's still being interrupted. He's still taking his time. Someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Notice that Luke includes that, the important guy. Remember, according to culture and all these other people, the important guy, he's about to get the news, worst news of his life because tragedy knows no strangers. And he says this, your daughter is dead. There's no special Greek word for dead there. It means dead. And he said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Do you have people in your life doing the same thing to you? The worst things happen. Stop bothering God about this. Obviously, God can't do anything about this. God's not going to help them. You just need to, to stop 
praying for them. You just need to stop worrying about them. You just need to let them go. Do you have those people in your life right now? That you need a miracle for somebody else so bad in your life right now. And, and you have other people saying like, they're dead. But that situation is dead. They're never going to get emotionally healed. They're never going to get physically healed. They're never going to be restored. There's never going to be reconciliation. It's like, they're dead. Stop bothering Jesus. Like kind of saying this, just, it is what it is. So resign yourself to it. It's time for you to start mourning and stop hoping. Because man, it just feels like it's too late. Like God didn't move fast enough. Let me ask you a question. What would have happened if Jairus just stopped there? And just said, oh, she's dead. Hey, man, I'm glad she's alive, but sorry to bother you. We didn't get there quick enough. Even I'm reminded of the story of Mary and Martha when Lazarus dies. And Jesus is far away and he takes his time again. And Mary, when he shows up, goes, if you would have been here, he'd still be alive. If you just could have been faster. Do you feel that way right now? Like, is that your, your deal? Hurry up. Like, do you, are, are you blind? Are you unaware? Are you super busy? Have you turned your head? Do you not know and see that they are dying and this is hopeless and I am suffering and I can't handle this anymore? Could you just hurry up? But this is a gyrus moment. This isn't just a healing moment. God has something better in the story. And what if Jairus had stopped? Let me ask you a better question. What if you stop believing for them and hoping for them and praying for them and having faith for them? Because let me tell you something. Jairus' daughter can't ask anymore. She can't pray anymore. She can't seek anymore. She can't. She's gone. And how many of us need to like step in the gap for those that we love most and go, I'm, not, I'm standing here. You can't ask for yourself because you're so far away. You can't ask for yourself because you're so hurt. You can't ask for yourself because you feel so abandoned. You can't ask for yourself. But I am. And I am going to pray on your behalf. And I'm going to seek the king on your behalf. And even though all my friends and my family have told me to give up, I'm not called to give up. I'm not called. Like in this moment, Jairus was not called to let it go. Even though everyone had great intentions of saying, hey, come on, man, let's just start mourning. Does it feel like God just isn't moving fast enough? And do you feel like people are saying to you, like, just stop bothering God with this. Let them go. Let the situation go. Let your hope go. The door is shut. In this last scene, it's a little bit longer. I can't cut it down like I couldn't last week. Spoiler alert, like she raises from the dead. This... <laughs> I watched this funny clip this week. Uh, the Gamzos were over at our house for dinner, and I showed them the clip. And it's this guy. He had never read the Bible. 
And they're like, okay, we're going to get into this chapter in the gospel of Matthew. You know, the chapter that we all know of the betrayal and the death of Jesus. And he has the smallest Bible you've ever seen. You know, like one of those mini ones. And the guy goes, what? Jesus dies? And he like has a picture. He's like, this Jesus, my favorite character, Jesus dies? What happened? And like, yeah, one of his 12 disciples uh, betrayed him. And he's like, not Judas. And he goes, it was, it was Judas. It was Judas. And then he goes, yeah, dude, but we've been talking about this for like 2,000 years. You know, he comes back to life. And he goes, he comes back to life? He's like, this book is crazy. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She comes back to life. But Jairus didn't know that that story hadn't been told yet. No one had been talking about it for 2,000 years. Have you forgotten, like, the same God of this story is the same God of your story and the same God of their story? Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Because it's when the door shuts the most for some of us is when God does his best work. And so check out this last scene as we get ready to end our morning together. Watch this. Luke 8, verse 50, hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid, just believe she will be healed. Are those the words that you need to hear right now? Don't be afraid, just believe they will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but he took her by the hand, which is incredible, because to touch a dead body would mean that you are unclean. But Jesus knew what was going to happen. He took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. In Mark's gospel, he uses the original Aramaic, which is Talitha kum. Arise, little one. Her spirit returned at once and she stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but ordered them all not to tell anyone about what had happened. See, what this story tells us is we love and serve the God of impossibility. Because healing sick people had happened. And yes, it's miraculous. And yes, it's incredible. But to raise dead people back to life is impossible. And here Jesus shows he has power over death and life. And you may have people in your life right now that are telling you, just stop bothering him. She or he are dead. They're gone. Like there, there, there is no hope for them. They're never going to get better. That mental illness is never going to get better. That financial trouble that they're in is never going to get better. All of it, it's done and they are gone. But we don't serve that God. 
We love and serve a God of impossibility who used the name Jairus to tell us that there's something better in the story than we can expect. He turned the light on in their mind and they could see for the very first time the true power that Jesus had. Do you think at the moment when it seemed like Jesus was dead and gone for James and John and Peter, their minds went back to the story and said, but he saved her. Do you think for a moment that they just even thought, I don't know what's going to happen, but he has raised dead people back to life. Do you need to believe that Jesus can raise dead things back to life? Do you need to see in your mind for that person right now that God can do the impossible thing that everyone else says can't happen? And so last night we did this in the service because a lot of us, um, you pray internally, Right, like the prayer at night, it's like I, I, I don't even almost want to say it because if I say it out loud, it's real. Are you at the end of your rope yet? Have, has everything else been tried? Is this beyond you? And you realize you're not alone in this room. Tragedy knows no strangers. But do you right now need to stand in the gap for that person and believe that he doesn't only heal sick people, he can raise the dead back to life. And did God turn a light on in your mind today that it's not time to give up? It's not time to stop, even though everyone else is telling you to today. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know who that person is in your mind right now. But is God telling you today through this message, it's not time to stop. It's time to have faith and for you to step in the gap for them. That this isn't really about you, it's about them. And it's time for you to walk into that and to not give up. Do you need to hear the words that Jesus said to Jairus? Don't be afraid. And then there's nothing else to do but to believe. And they will be healed. Do you need to have that kind of faith today because you have nothing else to offer? And so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to play a song. And we're going to play it kind of loud because here's what we're going to ask you to do today. We had more room last night, so we let people move around the room. You can still move around the room if you'd like. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do in faith today. Who is that person that you need to stand in the gap for today? Who is the person that you need to stand in the gap for right now that everyone else has given up on, but God is calling you not to? To have faith that not only he heals dead or heals sick people, but he raises dead people back to life. Who do we right now need to believe that for? And so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. No one else really knows who they are, but you do. Maybe your spouse knows who they are. Your friend knows who they are. Maybe you need to pray together. But we're going to play the music, not like blast you out of the room, but we're going to play it loud enough that you can speak out loud and feel like it's between you and God. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Say their name. 
say their name. Just as Jairus did, maybe you're not falling at the feet of Jesus right now for the miracle that has happened. You're falling at the feet of Jesus right now for the miracle you need to happen. And right now, just in your mind and in your thought right now, imagine going to the throne room of God and kneeling before his throne and offering this person to him and saying, I cannot do this, but you can And you need to release them to God because there's nothing else that you can bring. So do not be afraid. Believe. And so I'm going to pray over us. And then this is your time with God. If you want to be here till 3 p.m., you want to be here till tomorrow. We're here. We're here. And we're here to pray with you. And we're here to pray for them. But we're going to turn on this music. And we're going to allow you just a moment to be here with him and to pray aloud. And don't allow this moment to pass you. And do not be afraid to speak their name and to let your request be heard and not just thought, say it today in faith. And so, Lord, I pray over every single person here. And, Lord, I ask just now as this person comes to their mind, this thought comes to their mind, Lord, that you will make so clear the prayers that need to be prayed in this place, that, Lord, we would bring them to the throne room, that we would bring our requests, that we would stand in the gap for them, that we would pray in faith and believe, and we will not be afraid, for we are going to trust. Because you are the God who not only heals, but you are the God who raises the dead back to life. And so God, as we hear this song and we hear this word being preached, I pray in faith today, our minds and our mouths are open and that we proclaim this and we pray this and we seek you today and we will not be afraid for we trust you. God, we love you. We thank you. Lead us as we should pray today in Christ's name.